TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we do got a big sports weekend coming up, which will include some football games for the first time in a long, long time. How sweet that sounds. We'll, of course, debut our official football Friday. I'm not sure if it's going to be next Friday or the week after. Producer extraordinaire David Olson and his many pundits will decide that. But uh, football, we'll certainly talk a little baseball, too, as uh, Mike Quade's undefeated Chicago Cubs. I got serious Quade fever for the Cubs here. Uh, take on... Who the hell are they taking out? So, Dusty Baker and the Cincinnati Reds. And we got Sox-Yankees. Cincinnati Reds, Coach. This is a huge series. Sox-Yankees also at uh, Comiskey Park. Uh, that should be very, very good, too. White Sox win last night 8 to nothing, three and a half back. It's the coach and the big dog, TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. And that voice you heard. What was that voice? Was that a soundbite or was that the real? Joe Rodwanski, is it live or is it Joel? That is the question. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well. I'm just a sound bite, though, Coach. Pre-recorded. <laughs> in the in in the story of life, you are just a sound bite passing on through, right? So stick to the script. <laughs> are you uh <laughs> Are you old enough to remember? Excuse me for the cough. There, the uh, famous commercial is it live or is it Memorex? Of course, I did. Okay. I don't know. Was it Aretha Franklin that had screaming and breaking the glass? Was it Aretha or Roberta Flack? I think it was Aretha. Is it live or is it Memorex, one of the great... Yeah, I, I don't remember. I don't think yes. it was Roberta Flack. I don't think she okay. could hit those high notes anyway. <laughs> but at least you're uh, old enough. I keep thinking you're such a young guy, but you're you're not quite in my age demographic. But, uh, Big Dog, you are aging rapidly. We'll be throwing a surprise 40th birthday for you, what, a couple of years? Yeah, two years and a couple weeks, All right. basically, it, from now. It will be a surprise. Yes, it I'm, will be a heck of a surprise. I'm going to tell you that right now. You don't know when or where. We might even throw it on your, like your 39th birthday. But somewhere along the way, we will have here at the radio show, TalkZone.com, all your many listeners, Cinemax, Cindy, uh, Colonel Manders, all your favorite uh, emailers, they will join us for somewhere along the way for a surprise 40th birthday party for you. Yeah, I, I hopefully hopefully I can you know meet a girl before the 40th, like a real girl before the 40th uh, birthday. Well, I, mean, I want her to be 22, so you're not going to get a 22. Like 39, you still have a chance at a 22-year-old. You're a sick, sick man, you know that? And, and, <laughs> and the fact that we're throwing a 40th birthday for you is uh, totally transubfient to the fact that uh, whether you have or have not met the, match of, uh, met the match of your life. So we're still throwing the party for you, even if you are hooked and engaged. I just just wait out for bo- boats that are coming in from like the Pacific Ocean. You know, mm-hmm. it's easier to meet a girl that way. <laughs> Preferably twenty two, right? Oh, definitely. So if you're, I, I'll even go up as high as twenty seven. Right. <laughs> Boy, if you're uh, thirty nine, twenty two is okay. But once you hit forty, then you've crossed the line. Is that what you're oh, telling yeah. me? Once you hit once you hit forty, you can only date girls in their fifties, I believe. <laughs> yes, David. I, I've always found half your age plus seven is appropriate. Was that true when you were like eighth grade? Absolutely. David Olson. No, so, no, no, no. so if you're 40, 27 half your age. is a 
Half plus your age okay. plus seven. So if you're 40, you can get away with dating someone uh-huh. that's 27. I remember oh, my... so when I was 60, I could be rocking it with a 37-year-old? Yeah. I'm that's, liking that. That's legit. I, I definitely go. I can go That's that legit. Way. I like that. The, the divide by half and add seven social responsibility dating rule. That's not bad. I like that. Yeah, I always had it. Huh? It's funny you say that because you're like a 20-year-old dating a 16-year-old is a little disgusting to me. Yes. Well... It is, and it's only a four-year difference, but another way of looking at it is we get into some deep mathematics here early in the uh, program here. Two guys at a MikeTalkZone.com. You want to do some math along with us, throw in a little geometry, algebra, if you will, 888-463-6748, the phone number. But, Big Dog, um, I remember back in my, I think, mid-20s, maybe. I got married late, 35. But this was my mid-20s, late-20s. I always had what I called the sophomore eligibility rule for dating. And that was if they were a college freshman that's still too close to the high school years, once they hit the sophomore year in college, fair game. Sophomore eligibility clause as a longtime bachelor. Your thoughts on that, uh, yay, nay, or somewhere in between? No, no I can. I, I totally understand where you were going with that particular one. But... uh now they need to be out of they need to be out of school for me by now. Okay, well, yes, definitely. it's a little it's a little different now that uh, we're about to plan a surprise 40th birthday for you. Yes, yeah. yeah. Isn't it but, aggravating you know, some, when someone says go back to school? You know, huh? So, like, if, if you're 30 and back in school, you know that's actually kind of hot. So, <laughs> you are really a sick, sick man. Clearly deprived of some female commodities here. Of, uh, <laughs> I was like, we got to find you, but you know, you're throwing us. That's a... actually not the problem. So, what is the mind. problem? No, well, I guess it is. All right, moving right along. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Had a couple other uh, avenues I was going to take down that particular street, but we're going to take a quick U-turn, go back the other way, talk a little sports. Big Please. dog and a coach. We are going to be joined in a little bit, by the way, by uh, uh, sometimes fill-in host and longtime Chicago sports guy. Actually, long time. The guy's twenty-four years old. I don't know how long time you can be. Adam Ho going to be joining us in just a little bit too. Eight 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 four six three sixty-seven forty-eight. Big dog. The Sox are within three. In a half, and they take on the Yankees at Comiskey this weekend. Any chance uh, your rather large rumpus will be in one of those White Sox seats? Uh, I, I hate to say it as, as much as I'd love to see the, the pinstripes when they come to town. This is a, a football week, Coach. So you got uh, games tonight, you got games on Saturday, even got games on Sunday, and I will be at high school football every single game day this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, there, no, so we, I hate to tell you, football is much more important to me than a, the Yankees coming to town. Well, I'm kind of with you from an excitement level. You know, we haven't had football in so long. We opened up the show talking about, uh, you know, how excited we are. Football Friday is probably going to start a week from today. Beat the schmoes. All of our exciting games can't wait until the uh, pigskin comes into the forefront here. But um, there is high school football tonight. Are there any? I know college football kicks off full force next weekend. Are there any games this weekend? There is college football games this weekend, Coach. Absolutely. And who might they be precluding? I'm almost. Uh, let me get the exact matchups for you, but I'm pretty. I've been really, really, really busy. I know, like, uh, to be honest with you, the September 11th is the greatest day of college football possibly in its history for preseason football mm-hmm. of non-conference games. Uh, it, it, it's absolutely phenomenal. There's three marquee matchups at top ten teams. How often does that happen? You know, and, and then also there's a bunch of other real good games up and down. But uh, for tomorrow. I'm not sure, but I will definitely, when Adam Ho comes on, mm-hmm. I will get off, 
do some check-in and call back in. Well, you know what? We're going to bring uh, our uh, expert in right now, Adam Hogue, who's joining us. Maybe Adam can uh, answer the question. Adam, we know next weekend college football kicks off in full gear. Illinois, by the way, taking on Missouri, the border war, one of many great games. Are there any uh, college football games this weekend, eh, Hogue? I believe the first games are on uh, Thursday, Thursday night coming up. Thursday. Yeah, I think that's the kickoff. I don't think there's any this weekend. Okay. You can't even throw me like a Division three. a Winthrop's not playing, a, uh, you know, a Hinkley Springs has not got a, a game this weekend. No no college football just to get the taste buds going, huh? That I cannot verify. Maybe there are some uh, some lower-level divisions yeah. playing football this weekend. But, uh, Coach, I'm a strictly Division One guy, so I don't I can't answer that question. Well, I take that as a representative of uh, what you call, quote-unquote, lower-level we don't like that expression, by the way. Us of Division Two, II, Division Three, Division One, Double A, smaller class football, but clearly not lower level football. More importantly, Adam Hogue on the show. How are you, Adam? Long time no talketh. I'm good. How are you guys? Good to hear uh, Joel on the show too, and uh, it's been a while. Yeah, it's good to hear you, Adam. I'm going to acquiesce to you here in a moment. I wasn't sure what was going on today, so I figured I'd give Coach a call, make sure that he had a, a partner. But it, it's good to hear your voice over there in the. Uh, you, you know what? Your tweets, by the way, you need to pardon? do more of them. Is all I have to say to you. My tweeting? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll take that as a special request. I'll get that done for you. Okay, please. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. First of all, I thought you said you're sweet, and I thought uh, Big Dog's lonely social life was taking a another turn. But you're talking about his tweets. I am not. Uh, how come I'm not part of your tweeting uh, blogosphere, Mister Hogue? I feel personally. Uh, Somewhat uh, confronted. Well, actually, Coach, I'm going to have to turn that around on you. I believe that's your fault for not following me. But I did uh, actually give a shout-out to the two guys' Mike Twitter account. Excellent. Just, uh, about 15 minutes ago. Thank you. And uh, on my own Twitter account. So, you know, this is the new age of social networking. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'm doing my best I can for you. So, Coach, you got to get on the computer right, and but follow don't... me. It's not my fault. I'm still uh, somewhat of a novice in the uh, era of social networking, but don't you have to invite me to uh, – I don't want to get to – no. So I don't wait for an invitation. I, how do I find Adam's tweet? Pardon the expression. Coach, this is really uh, actually bringing me down because I happened to notice when I was on your Twitter account earlier today that that you have like four times the amount of followers that I do, and yet you don't even sound like you know what you're doing. So that actually <laughs> – We've got people, it's it's very strange, people, you know, I go to my little email account and so-and-so has joined your Twitter, so-and-so has joined your Twitter. I don't know where these people are coming from, but uh, maybe they're fans of yours, Big Dub, but our Twitter family, our tweeter family is growing in rather large proportions. I'm very yeah, proud I of do you. have to find out what the, how do I get on Two Guys Mike Twitter account? Is it Two Guys Mike? Yeah, it's uh, it's two guys, Mike, exactly, on Twitter. <laughs> okay, I'll have to do that. Nice, That's Joel, the host of the show for the last 10 months. Nice to know it took you 10 months to ask that question. Well, why don't you, you should actually put me in control that it let me tweet because I'll do it all day, Coach. I will do it all day long. So I'm going to put you in control of something that over 10 months you haven't figured out how to join. That, I didn't know what the what the exact <laughs> name of it was, okay? <laughs> totally uh, different. Big dog, before we let you go, have you or ever you have you ever wanted to have Tommy John surgery. There's an open weekend. I know a doctor if you'd like to get it done. Uh, I would much prefer the hernia surgery, Coach. Really? If I had the option. Seriously. It's like they give you washboard abs with the hernia. It's supposed to be fantastic. 
It's an awful painful way to get washboard abs. But uh, your thoughts real quick, and then we're going to welcome in. Adam's going to uh, coast the rest of the show. But uh, yes, Steven Strasburg, uh, we all know he went on the disabled list. Looks like he's going to have to have Tommy John surgery, one of the potentially great young pitchers uh, that we've seen come along last five, ten years, Big Doug, and he's uh, down for the count, hopefully just temporarily. Yeah, hopefully temporarily. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a diehard Chicago Cubs fan, so I'm not going to go crying away for it. But, you know, he was such a phenom so early that, Hopefully everything works out, but you know a lot of players have had it and they bounce back superbly. Like Chris Carpenter, uh, you know Terry mm-hmm. Wood bounced back pretty well from it. So uh, hopefully, you know, you wish them the best. Mm-hmm. That's, I, that's I'm going to. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm going to try to schedule the surgery for myself. Just I thought as a radio professional, so you could better relate to the listeners and let them know what's going on. I may get an unnecessary needed Tommy John surgery. It's kind of a slow time for me. September's a slow month. I thought I'd give it a shot. While you're in there, you might think about getting a lobotomy and a tonsillectomy. How about that? Uh, the tonsillectomy, yeah. Lobotomies I've always been afraid of, but I am going to have them look for kidney stones because I want those stones taken out before they ever hit my kidneys. <laughs> well, they do it by laser now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, they bust those things up. They do really? by like sonic stuff. You don't have to pee them out anymore. Because I've heard that's like one of the most painful things that could ever happen. I've always had uh, FKS, fear of kidney stone, and you're telling me now the fear could be somewhat subsided? Yeah, the, the, actually the most painful thing, I think, is listening to this particular segment of the show. <laughs> Point well taken. All right, Big Dog, be good this weekend. We'll check in with you next week, okay? Later, fellas. Have a good one. Big Dog will be getting down at a three-point stance right now. He's all fired up for the football weekend. I can just picture him, Adam Hogue. Down in a three-point stance, probably giving a forearm shiver to his icebox right now. Yeah, that'd be a scary sight. I, uh, knowing Joel and how big he is, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to be in the way of that. No, that would. Uh, if you're the icebox, be afraid. Be very, <laughs> very afraid. Adam Hogue on the uh, program, and again, our phone number here. All the uh, Adam Hogue fans out there, you want to check in, talk to Adam personally, you can do so. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. If you want to email Adam, you can do it at Mike. Two guys, AOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike, two guys, AOL.com. Adam, I think in the message you left, you said you were headed down to cover baseball today. Will you be uh, at Sox-Yankees? Uh, no, not baseball. I'm uh, headed to Wrigley Field right now. Northwestern Wildcats are uh, announcing uh, something. We don't know. I'm assuming it's a big sponsor for this uh Ah. Illinois-Northwestern game at Wrigley Field. Okay. Uh, press conference is at 11, so we'll find out shortly wow. what exactly it is. Okay, and you're alluding to the uh, upcoming first-ever Wrigley Field football game between Northwestern University and Illinois' Fighting Illini. How cool that will be. Interesting. It's going to be really cool. I'm excited to see that game. I mean, you just Both schools better be hoping that, you know, this is, uh, I believe it's the second-to-last week of the season that the game is, uh-huh. and uh just got to be hoping that at least Northwestern's maybe playing for a bowl game mm-hmm. or maybe even a better bowl game. As far as years to have this game, based on the outlook for both teams, it's maybe not the best year because uh, the worst-case scenario for both schools is for that game to get buried a little bit in the shuffle as we get later in the season. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we talked about, uh, and again, talk a little football here, uh, great to do that on a beautiful Friday. Next week will probably be our first official Friday. But we talked some college football in our Illinois Fighting Illini, and uh, we're all about psychology and karma here on the show, Adam. It, uh, it's a lot better than actually knowing facts and uh, you know technicalities. It's much easier. But the previous three years, everybody was predicting Illinois to be pretty good, high expectations. This year, 
And I don't even know if you're an Illinois fan. I think you're a UW grab, but you certainly follow the fighting Illini growing up here in Chicago. This year, there's like zero expectations. Everybody's expecting them. Bottom half of the Big Ten, maybe the very bottom of the Big Ten. Maybe this year with expectations lowest, they find a way to uh, rise to the top. Yeah, it's possible. Um, the one thing that you got to be careful with uh, with any team this time of year, especially in the game of football, is that everyone's good. Everyone thinks they're good. Everyone's positive. And uh, at least the Big Ten media days here in Chicago a few weeks back, that was the vibe that Ron Zook was giving off. That he, you know, he spent the summer relaxing, wasn't worried about the fact that he's on the hot seat as far as his job is concerned, mm-hmm. and. But it does seem like there's something there. The players seem to have bought into uh, whatever it is that Coach Zook is selling this year. And I think there is a possibility that they could be better. Uh, Nathan Sheilhouse is going to be their starting quarterback. Uh, and he's a young, talented kid. Uh, more of a quarterback, I'd say, than, than Juice Williams ever really was. He was more of an athlete um, that they put back there. And you saw those inconsistencies at time. One blow that Illinois just got uh, on Wednesday, actually, yep. their starting safety, Supulsani, mm-hmm. uh, is out for the year after tearing his Achilles tendon. And that's a tough blow for a defense that already ranked last in the Big Ten a year ago, and, and, that's, and that could be a problem. Kid out of uh, Homewood, Flossmore High School. He was a superstar coming out of high school. Uh, had a chance, chance of playing basketball. At the University of Illinois, too, he's that kind of athlete, and he had worked his way up to starting safety, torn ACL. You are correct. Injury is obviously going to play a big part of the uh, collegiate football as well as the NFL season. Uh, Adam, did I get it correct now? You are a graduate, uh, outstanding representative of the University of Wisconsin. Talk about your Badger football team, which I think pretty high expectations this year. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin getting a lot of preseason accolades. Um, they're... Let's see, number 12 in both polls, I believe, to start out the year. Mm-hmm. And um, the expectations are high in Madison, but you got to be careful there because the last two times expectations were high, <laughs> uh, they they, uh, they plummeted pretty quickly yep. in the season. So uh, I think it's a different mindset this year that the coaching staff has instilled in the players, and so I think they'll be pretty good. But well, What, what was the mindset last year, that we're, lose, we're going to lose and we're not any good? Well, it wasn't so much last year. It was uh, more 2008. Okay. The uh, expectations were high, and Coach Coach Brett Bielma has actually admitted that, you know what, their guys weren't always going to class. Uh-oh. Um, there, there wasn't a commitment level there, and mm-hmm. it's starting the first day after that season was over, after they finished 7-6, and six, got blown out by Florida State in the Champs Sports Bowl. They, they kind of regrouped. And last year, the talent level maybe wasn't there to win the Big Ten, but they had a good 10-win season, and they beat Miami in the Champ Sports Bowl. So they bounced back. And now this year, the expectations are, are high again, and they kind of have that same mindset that's, uh, that was successful last year. So I think that they'll be better this year. College football expert Adam Hogue joining us here on the uh, Two Guys at a Mic Show. If you're not a college expert in football, Adam, you can certainly play one for the next uh, 35 minutes on our show. 888-463-6748. Next week, we tee it up for Rio College football. High school football this particular weekend. Very exciting, and I'm assuming in most of the uh, cities across the country. Let me remind you, Adam, our show now on the Internet via the website, your voice. 
your voice being heard right now, my friend, in seven different continents and also parts of Kenilworth and Evanston. Uh, and I and every time I come on the show, I hear that the ratings in Tulsa are improving. So I want to make sure I check on Tulsa because those are my people down there. Not only Tulsa, but uh, we've added a lot of listeners in the Omaha, Nebraska area, nearby uh, Omaha as well. I spent uh, five days in Omaha this summer spreading the truth for our two guys in a mic show. Just so you... You know, we're, we're covering the Midwest, the, the plains, if you will. Now we got to work on the rest of the country. All right. Now you're headed down to uh, Wrigley Field? Yeah, just arrived, actually. I'm looking for parking, you know, Wrigleyville. So. You know, that, that's another overrated thing. I wanted to bring up to you the hottest team in baseball, Mike Quade's Chicago Cubs. I've caught Quade fever. I don't know about you, but as long as you're complaining about parking at Wrigley Field, one of the more overrated complaints that I hear from sports fans in Chicago. And first of all, I'll agree with you. The parking around Wrigley Field is pitiful. It's crowded. It's hard to get in. It's even harder to get out, and it's expensive. But here's the deal. It's around Wrigley Field. It's very simple, very simple to park 10 or 12 blocks away, maybe even 13 blocks. So my advice to all those people that have such trouble parking around Wrigley Field, leave about 10 or 15 minutes earlier and walk, you lazy asses, walk. It's not that hard. I, personally, Adam, I think an overrated problem. Drive around, and even if you're close to the park, park 10 blocks away and get some exercise. Will you please? Uh, usually I take the red line, actually. I live off the red line. It's a great mode of transportation. takes you right into the back door of the stadium. Okay. So I'm a big proponent of that, but I knew that I was going to be on the phone with you today, Coach, co-hosting the show, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't think that this smooth, uh, the smooth, Soothing sounds of the red line ah, sound good beneath my voice. All right, well, I'm so glad. I, I decided to drive, and now I, I found a parking spot. So all, okay. all is okay here. Well, I'm glad to hear you're a public transportation guy. I'm full in support of that. Go green, go green. Uh, but you know, for the people that are driving down, really, it is a somewhat overrated problem. Just you know, go away from Wrigley Field Park a little bit, and then after the game. After the game, after you've had, you know, two or three beers, a bag of peanuts, and a couple of unhealthy hot dogs, you now get to work it off a little bit. You get a little exercise. And when you're 12 blocks away, you don't hit all the traffic leaving. It's a win-win situation. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, I will. I, I do have to say, though, Coach, this, this area is just not my favorite in general. It's not just the parking. Uh, I agree with you on that, that there's uh, you can get around the parking issue. Uh, but in this, I just. This area is just not fun to be around mm-hmm. after Cubs games, especially after Cubs games. It's just it has nothing to do with me being a Cubs fan or not being a Cubs fan. It's just uh, it's too crowded. There's too many people, and there's too many people that have uh, drank a little bit too much uh, alcohol. Stop complaining. Nobody's feeling sorry for you. As a professional in radio, you you get to go to Cubs games and cover the games for free. Many people are envious of the job that you have. They're not envious of the paycheck that you get, but they are envious of the job that you have. Speaking of which, are you caught up in the Mike uh, Quade Chicago Cub fever as I am? Um, you know, we were uh, having this debate uh, uh, the other day, and I'll ask you this question. Is the announcement that Mike Quade is taking over, does that make you more interested in the rest of this Cub season or less interested? Now that I've read a little bit about Mike Quade and I know the story, a little bit local guy from Prospect High School, and they've won a couple of games, a answer to your question is much more interested, at least in the temporary. Well, and I would say to that I would agree with you, and, and even so I would agree with you, 
even if they hadn't won these few games after that. Mm-hmm. I just think that you, you had to make a move. You should have gotten Lou out of there when he announced a month ago that he was going to retire, not just a few days ago when he finally stepped down. That should have happened a long time ago. You should, have, you should already be moving in the direction to replace him, which I think they're finally doing. There was a, a report that they met with, uh, Jim Hendry met with Eric Wedge, I believe, yesterday. So, but this was all, there was a month of time there where you're just kind of in this wall of nothingness. I mean, they were losing. Lou wasn't doing anything. He wasn't there half the time. And, and I understand that, he, you know, he's, he was looking out for his mother. And, but if that was going on ahead of time, he should have just stepped down then. So I think the fact that Mike Quaddy finally he got a guy, even if it's Mike Quaddy, who's probably not going to get this job. I don't believe that he's a real candidate, even though Jim Henry says he is. He is there. you got a new guy, and you're finally moving in a new direction instead of moving backwards, which is what they were doing under Lou Pinella after he said that he was going to retire at the mm-hmm. end of the year. Let me uh, dispel the first rumor, and I think we're the only show to uh... – divulges this, but in fact, it is not Lou going to take care of his 90-year-old mom. Truth be told, Adam, down in Florida, Lou is resting comfortably uh, after coaching the or managing, what, 100 and some odd games for the Chicago Cubs this year. He's having some minor ticks, some minor convulsions, and in fact, it's 90-year-old mom that's taking care of Lou right now. So we just wanted to make sure we get that particular uh, failed truity out there. And then uh, comment number two, we, we've got, you know, Mike Quade's Cubs. What are we, 19 and a half back? Oh, uh, I don't know. It's something like that. You know, 30, what, 37 games left. We were trying to figure out the math. Matt, as hot as they are now with Mike Quade coaching them, you know, they might, I'm not going to say they're going to go undefeated, but they might lose maybe like two or three games, go 35 and two. They could still make up that 19 and a half game break. Your thought? Uh, no, that's my thought. <laughs> I have to play the part of the glass half full. In this case, the glass is half full with uh, some kind of illegal beverage. But, uh, no, it, it, it's a lot more interesting to watch. I mean, it's fun while they're 3-0 and and undefeated to see how long the quad-A undefeated streak can go. And it is true. The more you read about this guy, uh, long-time you know, minor league manager, worked his way up. But a local guy, rooted for the Cubs as a kid, went to Prospect High School about 15 minutes from here. You would like to see some success and maybe give this guy a uh, – chance to manage our Chicago Cup. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's a chance, but I think that maybe he's a last resort. You go through, it helps to have him working with the team this year, but you go through your interview process, you know, I think Joe Girardi's probably your number one. I don't understand why he would leave New York to come to the Cubs. I understand he's from Peoria, and he, uh, kind of the same thing, grew up as a Cubs fan, went to Northwestern and all that, but as a career move, that doesn't seem to make very much sense to me. So you go through your candidates. If you can't get any of those type of guys, then maybe you do settle on a Mike Quaddy, and it helps that he at least got this experience at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've, they've done that managerial search the last couple of times, you know, interviewed all the different guys and brought in a successful, you know, proven manager, uh, Dusty Baker, Lou Pinello. Time for something different. Something different. Ryan Sandberg, I could live with that. Mike Quade, I could live with it. Even Joe Girardi, because he's got a little bit, little bit, not quite the long-time pedigree of uh, Lou Piniella or Dusty Baker, but the fact Joe Girardi grew up in Peoria, also played at Northwestern, watched him play college baseball, was a Cubs fan, that would be something different too. But uh, it's just not the same route as we went with Dusty and Lou. I guess that's all I'm asking. 
Well, and I agree with you there, but I think more so than just being a Chicago guy and growing up here and being a Cubs fan growing up, I think it's more important that you play for the Cubs, that you were there. And that's why, it, to me, it looks like Ryan Sandberg isn't really going to be considered. And I think that's a shame because, well, first of all, I don't think he's going to be considered because why wouldn't you already have him up here? Why wouldn't he be here as at least as a bench coach right now? Why is he still well, in Iowa? To you me, could... that's a little... That's an indication that they're not looking at him. And I think that's a shame because, to me, he is the guy that's been there. If you're going to give it to Mike Quaddy because he's an Evanston guy and he's from Chicago, then why wouldn't you give it to Ryan Sandberg, who has been managing at the minor league level, doing a good job, working up the system as well, going from the low level to the high level, AAA. And he seems to be the, the obvious candidate if you're going to go in a different direction, kind of the direction mm-hmm. that you're talking about, Coach. Just look at Ozzie Guillen on the south side. It's kind of the same thing. They bought, brought back a former player that had uh, a future of being a manager for years before he actually became one. He learned under Bobby Cox, and that's a little different than just learning in the minors. I think that that's actually better because you're at the major league level. But to me, Ryan Sandberg is an obvious choice. Uh, and and it's, you're talking about them going in this direction, hiring all these guys like Lou Pinello. That's been happening. Why not go after an up-and-coming a future manager like Ryan Sandberg, a guy who's been in Wrigley Field, played in the day game in that grueling schedule that most other teams don't have to deal with. Young, up-and-coming baseball expert Adam Hogue joining us here on the Two Guys at a Mike show. You want to check in with Adam or, God forbid, talk to me as well, give us a call at 888-463-6748. I can answer your question in uh, maybe playing devil's advocate as to why they didn't bring up Ryan Sandberg now, and I think there's a chance they could still name him the manager. The thought processes could be, Adam, could be, that we're in a, you know we're playing horrible, and I'm talking about as of about a week ago. We got a whole bunch of AAA players up. Where, you know It's going to be a rough last month of the season. Why subject Rhino to the negativity that's going on right now and maybe some losses? Let him have success where he's at now and then bring him up next year instead of having that downturn in the final month of the season. And then all of a sudden Mike Quade starts winning with the Cubs and it throws a little curveball on that. But but that could have been. I'm not saying it is, but that could have been some of the thought for not bringing Ryan Sandberg up. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But I think that uh, it was more likely that you were going to see what's kind of happened in the last few days. Mm-hmm. That, and I'm ta- Even if they hadn't been winning since Sunday. You know, even if they kept at this bad, bad rate of, you know, losing, then things are going to turn for the Cubs fans. That, you know, look, we know this team is bad, so they might still lose, but at least we're headed in a new direction and we're not stuck in that wall that I was talking about earlier with mm-hmm. Lou Pinella. And, and especially with Ryan Sandberg up here, you know, there's kind of all of a sudden develop, and this is, you know, it sounds crazy, but there's, 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 and there's more empty seats in the ballpark. It's starting to happen, and I think that Ryan Sandberg would have would have put more seats back in those empty ones that are that are starting to be uh, at this beautiful ballpark that I'm sitting outside of right now. Any truth to the rumor that Don Zimmer has thrown his hat into the ring? <laughs> That's a large only hat, if, by the way. Only if he brings up Pedro Martinez on as a uh, pitching coach. <laughs> that would be like a seven and five eighths, maybe even an eight and a third hat size. That's one of the larger. Melons in all of baseball history, Don Zimmer. Uh, interesting note. 
too, real quick, before we leave the Cub managerial position, get on to White Sox-Yankees and talk a little football as well. We're going to get off the sports page, as we often do, too, hopefully before this show is over, 888-463-6748. One little interesting thing that was brought up, I forget if I read it in the paper today, heard it in one of the other uh, fine sports talk shows in the area, but one of the candidates, uh, Adam Hogue, for the Cub managerial position is their announcer, the color guy, Bob Brentley. And he's and he wants the job bad. Maybe he wants it a little bit too bad. I mean, he's been pretty public about his desire to manage again, be it the Cubs or other. But here he is announcing the games of the Cubs and realizing, probably in the back of his mind, anyways, that the more that they succeed under Mike Quade, the less chance that he's going to get to manage the team. Kind of an odd relationship at this point between uh, announcer and team, is it not? Oh yeah, it's very very bizarre. I think that. Because you, if you think about it, almost every day that he gets a microphone in front of his face now, it's almost like a prolonged job interview. I mean, it really is. What he says, he's got to be care. I mean, it's it's really it's really weird because already announcers are uh, more biased. You you have to say, and they got to be careful about what they say because they get paid by the team. They work for the team, so it's always, that's already an interesting. Uh, dynamic when it comes to television and radio announcers, but Bob Brenly's actually been one of the more outspoken color guys that I've I've heard out there, and, and willing to get more critical than most guys will go. And I think that that's part of the reason why the Cub fan wa- is so interested in him as a manager because he kind of says the things that Cubs fans are thinking all the time, mm-hmm. and he and he says it on the air very publicly. And I don't know, quite frankly, Coach, I haven't been watching very many Cubs games lately, so I don't know if that has changed since Lou Piniella announced that he was going to step down. Is he being more careful? Is he being more outspoken? Is he getting more X's and O's, if that makes sense? Uh, talking more like a manager would talk, because to me, yeah. every day is kind of like a job interview for him. Yeah, it is, and I haven't, uh, to be honest with you, listened the last couple of games either, so I don't know if I could uh, answer that last part of it accurately, but... You know, you, you mentioned the criticism, and the, or I think the word you use is outspoken. He is outspoken, but he's always done it, I think, as an announcer in a very classy way, never I degrading. I, I think he's a heck of an announcer. He's gotten better. I think him and Len Casper are very good listening. On the other hand, and I know he won a World Series with the Arizona Diamondback. When I watched him manage, I often thought he was in over his head. He would get too caught up into it. He had a little bit of what I call the DCF. It's the Doug Collins factor. Excellent as an announcer, not so good as a head coach. Yeah, uh, there was. I mean, there's a reason why he got let go down there, and there's. I think there's a reason why he hasn't been in a dugout since then. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, uh, he, even though he won a World Series, he was criticized. But I think that any any time you're a first time manager, and I don't know if that was his first job or not, to be honest. But he, you know, you learn. You learn from your mistakes, and maybe sitting in a uh, broadcast booth for how, how many years has it been? Six or seven now that, that they've been mm-hmm. the Cubs uh, television team. Yeah, that's about uh, right. You can, uh, maybe you can learn some things. And I, th- I I think from that vantage point, announcing games on a daily basis, you're still in the clubhouse every day before and after, well, usually mm-hmm. before games for the, uh, for the announcers. And you pick up on some things and you reflect back on your experience as a manager mm-hmm. that – I, I do think he would be better 
is he the best candidate for the Cubs? I don't know. I still think they they should go with Ryan Sandberg. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. But it doesn't look like they're going to go that route. So maybe Bob Bob Brenly ends up being the guy. But if there's anyone that's going to have uh, more of a target on their back as a Cubs manager and more pressure, I think it would be Bob Brenly because. He's been so outspoken and so open about the fact that he wants to be the manager Mm -hmm. that if he gets the job, it's going to be from day one, all right, go out and prove it. And if he doesn't do it early, then he's going to have, I think, a shorter leash than some of the other guys would have. Well, If he gets the job, uh, similar to the DCF, the Doug Collins factor, and I'm a big fan of Doug Collins, he'll do fine in year one. He'll do fine the first part of the season. It's emotional guys like Bob Brenly that, that start to lose it a little bit over time, so I, I don't think year one will be a problem. I think it's year two, year three, and uh, if even lasts long enough to make year four. But it is interesting how ex-coaches who go into announcing or uh, uh, or any other field, there those competitive juices still flow. Adam Hogan is tough to give it up. There's that adrenaline fix. There's that competitive instincts that you get that uh, you all. Well, I won't say always, but you almost always want to get back and get the competitive juices flowing. As we uh, head to a break, by the way, how are your competitive juices these days? Everything flowing okay, or have you had to have some medicinal help? Uh, I, I always need help with my competitiveness, Coach. Really? I'm um, a right. very competitive person, yeah. and uh, it's uh, maybe my flaw. Dave Olson, our producer, his wife is a pharmacist. I'm sure she's got something to uh, increase the flow of your competitive juices. We'll make sure we help you out. Hey, you got to run at him, or can you stick around for one more segment? No problem if you got to run. No, I can stick around probably right. uh, until, like, you know, another 10 minutes or so. God sure. bless you. And by the way, send the parking fee to our general manager, Chris Whitting. He'll take care of it. We'll take a quick break. Adam Hogue and the coach, and it could be you, by dialing up 888-463-6748. Back in about 38 seconds. We need some sponsors. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and co-host today the young and the restless uh, or at least one of the two adam hogue joining us via the phone from a chicago cub parking lot um did you pay your own money adam or a big shot guy like you do you have your own uh do you got a parking guy down there uh, no, I, and I shouldn't even been complaining earlier about parking because they, they had the media lot open for us today. So I'm uh, ah, parked right next door. Okay. So you don't, you just park in the media. You don't have your own guy. Cause some people have I their don't g- have a guy, but I usually don't cover Cubs games. I'm usually, this is only the okay. second time I've been here all year. And the first time was for, uh, another Northwestern conference, okay. press conference when they announced the game. So okay. I am, uh, I try to stay, as I was saying earlier, I try to stay as far away from Wrigley as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a little easier on the south side to find parking. It's okay. pretty uh, I'm, pretty I'm, If you know somebody, I'm looking for a parking guy when I go down there. It seems so cool when the 
people that drive down there, the regulars, you know, they got their little guy, they wave them in. Yeah. So I'm looking for a, I know a guy, you know, was over at his house maybe a couple of months ago. This guy's, he's got a guy for everything. He's got his lawn guy. He's got his home repair guy. He's a big wine connoisseur. He's got a, he's got a wine guy. Parks down at Soldier Field. He's got, you know, he's got a parking guy. I need more guys in my life, Adam. That's a, pardon the expression, but I need a few more guys in my life. Yeah, I'm going to write that one down. You need more guys in your life. That's yeah, what you said. But Don't call but me. I, I, w- I will say that, uh, you know, to get by in this city, you got to have guys. Yes. It, it's one of the – it's one of the, <laughs> it's, it's true, though. I mean, you got to have a guy yeah. for every every yeah. little thing, If you, yeah. especially if you live in the city. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I got a couple guys. I, don't, I have a parking guy – by uh, U.S. Cellular. I don't have right. a parking guy up here. Well, if you got a couple guys, I could use a guy. I tell you what, have your guy call my guy. Maybe uh, they can set me up with a couple more guys. But I thought you didn't have a guy. Well, I don't. So who's the guy <laughs> supposed to call? Which guy is he supposed to call? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, by the way, for transcripts of today's show, you can write our producer, David Olson, here at thetalkzone.com, 8700 Waukegan Road, Suite 250, uh, Morton Grove, Illinois, 60053, I think. Can you imagine anyone, Adam, actually requesting transcripts of today's show? I can't imagine why. You know, that's a good, uh, I've never thought about that, but it would be fun to go back and listen, uh, not listen, but read some of the shows <laughs> that we've done. Oh, goodness. I don't know if fun's the right word, but it might be a music. It might be a music. All right, 888-463-674, and let's talk some sports some more. we got uh, the Chicago Bears exhibition game number three. Some people, Adam, uh, you may be building up exhibition game number three a little bit too much. It's the last time you play your regulars for a significant amount of time. Uh, they take on Arizona at Soldier Field. What do you expect to see from the Bears so far? We haven't seen much. We haven't seen much, and I think if you're a Bear fan, you got to be a little worried about, uh, quite frankly, Jay Cutler not getting murdered on on Saturday. It's just that, that offensive line is going to be a problem all year long, and I it's a little disappointing that that's happened because, to me, I thought that they I was I was happy with what the Bears did this offseason. You can't criticize them if you go out and you get Julius Peppers, the number one guy that was a on free agency market this this winter. Can he did that? Can Julius Peppers the, block? What's that? Can he block? Can he, yeah, put him on the offensive That's, line. Um, it, it, it might help. I'm just I mean, asking. This, this, this line, I I was uh, working a Sox game on Saturday night, so I didn't get to see the entire game, uh, the entire Bears game. But I watched a few plays. On one of the plays I watched, the Raiders rushed two people and sacked Cutler. Oof. They rushed two people on a five-man line that drop back and pass protection. That would go into the put, category. That would go into the category of not good and unacceptable. The category of unacceptable. I mean, I just don't get it, and it's, it's frustrating to me. You mentioned earlier. I come. I, I went to the University of Wisconsin. That they they're going to boast the best offensive line in college football this year. I don't know if they're yeah. going to have the best at other positions, but they have the best offensive line all, in college football. All five guys yeah. returning, right? All five guys returning. Yeah. So on and, Saturdays, I'm going to be watching a great line and a line that I think would be better than the Bears' offensive line in the NFL right now. Sad, but probably true. And a running back, by the way, John Clay, who uh, is big enough to play in the offensive line just as a sideline. Good, that's that, true. That guy, we could put him in Lance Lewis's spot at right guard. But, uh, yeah, they all, basically two games ago they couldn't run block. Last game they couldn't pass block. 
You know how a quarterback will take, uh, and, and David Olson, our producer here, you're our media expert, our restaurant tour of the Chicagoland area. A quarterback will typically take his offensive line out after the game for what? Steaks? A little prime rib? Mm-hmm. Based on the previous two games, where do you think Jay Cutler should take his offensive line out to? Maybe like an uh, Applebee's? In and out burger if they're lucky. <laughs> in and out burger, maybe, uh, Wendy's? Somewhere where they can get bigger and faster. I don't know where that is. Yeah. But Maybe White Castle. Maybe White Castle will be the place to go. But if, if this keeps up, uh, they won't be getting any stakes or primer. But hopefully, hopefully tonight, Adam, we see the offensive line, uh, both literally and figuratively, take a step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, you know, the one thing I'll give them is that they they did run, run block pretty well yes. last week. Uh, specifically, I know it's just one play and you can't base anything off one play, but if you look back, and I did this a couple times, if you look back at the, uh, the 89 yard touchdown by Matt Forte, which was a great run, first of all, but it was a beautiful display of, of run blocking. Mm-hmm. Everyone did their job, including the guy that's been criticized so much as a tight end for his blocking skills, and that's Greg Olson. He was the key block in that, in that run. And, and he pancaked the guy. And I've never seen Greg Olson pancake a guy, but he did it. And, and it sprung a huge run, and Matt Forte did the rest, putting the move on the safety and going to the house. Mm-hmm. That was just a it's, – it's preseason, and it's only one play. And one even if that happened in the regular season, that's not going to win you, uh, you know, 10 football games to get you in the playoffs. But that was at least one really good positive sign from the offensive line uh, last week. I thought every bit as significant as the 89-yard run, I think I made this statement on Monday, was the other four or five runs that Matt Forte had. And, and you know, you saw the offensive line actually for one of the few times in recent memory push the defensive line back, get that first hit, get off the ball and drive them back a little bit and give Forte some room. So the 89-yarder, that was the one we watched on the highlight film forever and ever. Uh, Adam Hogue, but the other four or five runs, three yards, six yards, eight yards, I thought equally impressive, a consistent running game. That's going to be the key for the Chicago Bear. Well, that's the key to running. I mean, getting that push on the offensive line, those, if you're if you're going to be a running football team, and I think that this year you're finally going to see the Bears uh, not claim to be a running football team under Mike Mark, but that's where the games are won and lost, in the trenches, and getting, you know, we talk about the 100 yards on a field, but whoever gets that, Half a yard right off the snap is going to have the advantage. And usually that's something that uh, goes one team's way, whether it's the defense or the offense, for an entire game. And uh, that's the Bears' problem right now is that they're not getting that push. But you saw last week against the Raiders that they actually were able to do that a few times, and that is a good sign. But as far as the pass blocking goes, I don't, I don't, know, I don't think they know what they're doing. And it doesn't make it – to me – you know, the Bears keep talking about how these guys are talented, but I don't know, Frank O'Meal just cannot <laughs> he just cannot be in there. He just he doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to pass blocking. I don't and it doesn't make any sense to me. You think that by now in the NFL he would know what to do, but he's just getting beat on every play. Mm-hmm. Forgive me, I got uh, briefly distracted one of your uh, one of our emailers, apparently a big fan of yours, No Squeeze of Louisa, wants to know tell Adam if he's having trouble getting his competitive juices flowing. To have him contact me after the show. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's that's why, you know, your accurate breakdown of the offensive line, I apologize, but I got distracted a little bit by no squeeze of Louisa. 
Woo! I don't know if I should I be flattered or worried. Yes, uh, yes to both of those. <laughs> All of the above, if that's one of the options. Blue, 42, red, 17, split red, split line, ready, set, hut, 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 hey, ho, hey, ho. Football's in the air, Adam Hogue. That's what counts. Football Fridays starting next Friday. You're familiar with our Beat the Schmoes concept. In fact, uh, pardon the expression, but in the past, you've been a schmo on this show, right? I have. You know, when I first... uh first started uh, co-hosting with you, I was mainly doing Fridays, mm-hmm. and so I did uh, a lot of those Friday shows with you. My favorite my favorite shows, I think, are those football Fridays, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll be sure to call in and participate a little bit more this year than maybe I did last year. We will invite any of our listeners to do so. We can't promise them uh, vacations to Mexico, but if you are able to beat the Schmoes in our football prediction game, it starts next Friday with college football on the docket. Uh, we'll send you a prize from our somewhat, somewhat limited prize vault but that's great to have football back it really is going to be a lot of fun next saturday college football in full force illinois and missouri that's the border war game i think you got uh, notre dame taking on purdue i think that's at south bend that's a pretty good opening game there uh adam with the new coach of notre dame brian kelly expectations high and purdue it's a great rivalry supplies their plan opening game but that should be a special one in south bend yeah that's a little weird that they start the season off of that game but I think it's a perfect game for Brian Kelly and, and Notre Dame because it's not a pushover game. Uh, Purdue wasn't great last year, but they did beat Ohio State and they had they had some talent there. Danny Hope now moving moving on and you know getting a little bit more experience as the head coach at Purdue, mm-hmm. and they're going to be a little better. They're not going to win the Big Ten, but they could make a bowl game this year, Purdue. But it's still a game that Notre Dame should win. So I think it's a good opening test for Brian Kelly and Notre Dame because these are the games that they have to win. They cannot lose them. These are the games that got Charlie Weiss fired for losing. So mm-hmm. you have to win it, but it's good competition. It's not a pushover. Yep. So it, it's the kind of game that if you win it and you win it by playing good football, you, you're gonna, it, it's going to put your team in the right direction going on through, through the rest of the year. And I think they got Michigan week two. So uh, it doesn't get any easier. Well, it might. It actually might. <laughs> Michigan is not the Michigan of old. They might bounce back. There's that scenario, but there's the other maybe slightly more uh, likable, or not likable, more uh, plausible scenario where the Michigan Wolverines could completely collapse this year, fire Rich Rodriguez, and start all over. I apologize to our big blue fans out there, but Adam All is not hunky-dory at the University of Michigan right now with the football program. It is not what they used to be. Oh, it's horrible. I mean, if you're a Michigan <laughs> fan... It's it's just bad that they they tried to they hired the wrong guy and and to me yeah. I, I I never had a problem with Rich Rodriguez until he got to Michigan I didn't really know much about him he had success at West Virginia but I thought that the hiring a guy that was going to change both your offensive and defensive yep. systems that at a school that has so much pride and usually plays the same kind of football for so long I I didn't agree with that that hurt them off the bat because he was taking five-star recruits that played in a Michigan system and trying to play them in a spread offense, and it just wasn't working. They were losing games. They took but a the chance. Re- you know, they, they took a chance, and, and, you know, it looks like it. Again, there is the scenario where things could turn around Michigan on the way back. You, you know, it was a gamble. It was a gamble, Adam. You know, and I forget the name of the athletic director or the board that decided to bring Rich Rodriguez in. We could be talking here. When you spin the dice, you never know the way it's going to land. If it worked out where all of a sudden, you know, everything clicked in and Rich Rodriguez had, you know, his coaching staff and there was not all the violations and all the problems 
and things were actually going good at Michigan, we'd be saying, wow, what a hire by the athletic director. You know, they, they got rid of the three cloud, three yards in a cloud of dust. They went to the modern day football the USC's are playing and, uh, some of the other teams like West Virginia where this guy came from. Uh, what a brilliant move by Michigan. So, you know, they spun the dice and it looks like they pulled out crap 7-Eleven. Well, and I apologize that I gotta run here. So, but I will say that, uh, the thing about the spread offense is that this year, Teams are starting to move away from it. Mm-hmm. They're going back. They, they try to run it, and it, it seems like Illinois. Uh, they're they're going back to a more of a pro offense, uh, and it's the kind of thing that the spread offense came. It surprised some people, but it's almost like in baseball where you figure a guy out, you learn how to pitch to him after he has some success, and it works the opposite way too against pitchers. Mm-hmm. Defense has started figuring out the spread offense, and, and teams are saying, "All right, well, that was it was it was almost like a fad." And teams are still running it successfully if they have the right athletes and they're going up against uh, maybe defenses that aren't as good, maybe in lower, uh, you told me not to use lower level, but some of the, uh, not BCS conferences, mm-hmm. but the, the teams in the SEC and the Big Ten that have defenses, the fast defenses, it's it's not working as well. So you're still going to see the spread offense, but it's starting to go away again. I think that's what hurt Michigan because it. it he came in and started implementing it kind of at its peak. I thought this, he, he, it worked really well at West Virginia, but then he got to the Big Ten and all of a sudden eight schools were running it two years ago and last year as well. Out of 11, and, and this is Big Ten football, you don't kind of see that too much. And, and, and teams started figuring that out. So I think it hurt them, and it, it's not the only school that it hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Illinois worked for one year, they went to the Rose Bowl, and now that's starting to fall off. Uh, that fell off big time. So... Um, I think that that's another reason why that failed for Rich Rodriguez. Beautiful. Great stuff. Adam Hogue, we appreciate uh, from the parking lot at Wrigley Field, right. stepping in, doing a phenomenal job co-hosting the show. We much, much appreciate it. Get you back next week for sure, okay? Uh, I'm I'm open. You call me, I'll be there. Uh, hopefully in studio. I wanted to be in studio today, but the press conference came up. One last thing, too. We didn't get a chance to talk about White Sox-Yankees. This is a big-time series. I think if you're the White Sox, all of a sudden, uh, things are looking up because you beat the Orioles two out of three. I don't think so. I think that was a series you needed to sweep. That was an ugly game that they lost, the middle game. And so you have to win two out of three against the Yankees, and it's kind of asking for a lot. But you're in a pennant race now. You're playing at home, and uh, it, it's time to step up because guess where Minnesota's going? They're going to Seattle, and they're playing the, the bad Mariners. So you better win two out of three this weekend. There it is, spoken uh for- Speaking the truth, Adam Hogue, uh, thanks again, my friend. And remember, the check is in the mail, but also remember there's no mail delivery on Saturdays anymore. Uh, and I changed my address, so the chances of me getting that are not very good. Really? Well, in that case, it'll be, uh, come back to the return mail. I'll cash the check for you, so I doubly thank you. <laughs> All <laughs> right, really. thanks, Coach. Have a great weekend. Adam Hogue checking in. We'll get him back next week. What are the young and restless guys we uh Young kids we bring in to replace the big dog when the big dog can't make it. We thank Adam doing a tremendous job today. We thank everybody out there for listening to the program, not just today, but all week long. We know it can sometimes be a painful experience, but we try to do our best. Producer extraordinaire David Olson, great job all week. David, any uh, events we need to know about this weekend? We haven't covered all, any fests in Chicago. I might be going to Skokie Fest this weekend. I'm in a fest mood. Skokie Fest sounds pretty good. The yeah. presidents of the United States of America are playing. Tomorrow. Are they good? They're they're good. It's a band. They're, they're, they're the band. U- yeah, they had their heyday in the mid nineties. Uh-huh. Had like one album. And what did they play? Like that. Um, 
It's alternative rock. You remember the song Peaches? No? Not really. Okay. I might know it if I heard it. The United States of America. I love the, the name. The presidents of the United States the of America. The presidents of the United States of America. Do they dress it, up as a president? I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, tonight, I'm going to try to get out there. A tri- Tributosaurus is playing. Oh, that's right. Matt Spiegel's band. Yeah. A tribute band. Uh, and they're playing are, Creedence Clearwater yeah, Creedence. Revival, one of my favorite groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're always entertaining. Uh-huh. They're always entertaining. And can't forget the Emmy Awards are on Sunday night. I might forget that. Yeah. All right. But we'll have an Emmy Rewards report on Monday. That'll be from 10.13 to 10.14. All right, then. (laughs) All right. Have a great weekend out there, everybody. Again, thank you so much for listening. Go White Sox. Go Cub, whatever sports teams you're rooting for over the weekend. We hope they succeed. Most of all, be safe. Be with the family. Get out and enjoy life. Smell the fresh air. Don't play video games. Get out there and exercise. All right. We'll see you Monday at 10. Don't be late. And we'll do it all over again.